0: It is monday october 23rd i'm scott seidenberg and i'm aj hoffman the two best records in the nfl last year's super bowl teams and we get a game seven here comes the vegas truth this is
1: straight out of vegas
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Eagles
1: put away the Dolphins 31-17 on Sunday night football. The Chiefs handle the Chargers 31-17. And Texas blows out the Astros in game 6-9-2 off the bat of Adolis Garcia. What is the Vegas
0: lead, Scott? Well, we'll get to the game seven that will happen tonight in the ALCS as well as game six of the NLCS, but it is a Monday and we play Monday morning quarterback on straight out of Vegas a.m. So let's recap yesterday's football action and we'll start with Sunday night football AJ where the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the Dolphins 31 17 improving to six and one joining the Kansas City Chiefs as the only six and one teams in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and to me, this game told us a lot more about the Dolphins than it did the Eagles. And I've been kind of hesitant to put the Dolphins in this upper echelon of NFL teams, and everyone seems to be rushing to put them there. And I think last night was a good example of what they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. They're good. They're just not an elite team. They're not one of the three or four best teams in the NFL. And we've seen them twice against teams with a winning record. And both those times they got handled. Buffalo handled them. Philadelphia handled them last night. I, I think this Dolphins team is is great when they are playing against lesser competition. But when you know when when they're matched in talent, it's uh, it's not a very pretty thing. So Eagles were, were able to uh, to pull away late. This was a it didn't feel as close as the game said. I mean, obviously there was a pick six. Uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts threw a pick six, and uh, that that made the game feel closer. But this was only 10 offensive points for the Dolphins, and it was the, the Eagles really dominated the line of scrimmage. The Eagles' pass rush against the Dolphins' offensive line was an absolute mismatch, and Tua was okay. Uh, he, you know, he made a bad throw to end the game, trying to make something happen um but this was uh this was a pretty a pretty dominant win for the Philadelphia Eagles in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and and credit to Jalen Hurts overcoming the pick six and still having a monster night. Uh, AJ Brown continues to be unstoppable, 10 catches, 137 yards and the touchdown and the brotherly shove. It is the greatest play in football and 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 by the way when they called the penalty on I remember they had a penalty on the play they ran the brotherly shove and they called uh offsetting penalties they said it was like lining up in the neutral zone on one side offsides on the other side because that's what's happening now is like the defense is trying to get as low and as close as they can sure. and so they wind up lining over the football or in the neutral zone but they wound up running the play again and the Eagles got it again but when they showed the replay and they talked to the officials, it's like, well, it was actually Jason Kelsey's hand and the center is allowed to have his two hands there. So yeah. everyone's trying to find I bring this up because everyone's trying to find a way to stop this play. But no one has been able to. I believe the key the is. Stats, don't get into third and two or third. and Yeah. One. <laughs> and I believe the stats were what was it, uh, 51 of 58 quarterback sneaks have gone for like first downs. It's unbelievable how effective this play has been for the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: Yeah. And again, eventually somebody will figure out a way to stop it or somebody will get hurt doing it. And, uh, that'll be the end of that. We saw, I mean, different game, but college football this, this weekend, we saw a quarterback in a goal line situation, uh, Brett Gabbert for Miami of Ohio, get hurt in a similar situation, get Mm -hmm. carted off the field, probably done for the season. Um, Eventually, people are going to say, "Man, we are kind of using our uh, our most expensive player as a battering ram." I'm not sure how smart this is long term, but for now, it's it's working out really well for the Eagles.
0: Yep, yes, it is. Uh, so Philadelphia improves to six and one. Beautiful Kelly Green jerseys, by the way. I-, I wish they would wear those all the time. And the Giants wore their throwbacks yesterday, also, and it was beautiful. So I, I wish these. Teams what do you think of the
1: uh, What do you think of the black helmets for the Colts? That you was a weird Duke? thing. That's what they looked like. Although Duke has only recently started doing the black thing too. So it's, a, it, it's a, certainly a unique look, but uh, I guess it, it helps sell merch, spices yeah. things up a little. Yeah, they looked like Duke. I was watching a Duke football game. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's get into the rest of the games because, and let's start with that game. It was one of several games yesterday that I thought shoddy officiating played a massive role in the final result. And there were three games in particular that the the officiating was so egregious that I really do think it it swayed the result of the game. And that Cleveland-Indianapolis game is one of them. I I mean, a couple of ridiculous penalties late in the game, it just felt like whatever happened, the Browns were going to win this football game. Uh, I mean, there's, the whole uncatchable ball pass interference thing, it's like it doesn't exist anymore. There's balls thrown 10 feet over a wide receiver's head, and they're still throwing flags for P.I. It, 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 was, it was a ref show yesterday. And the Colts, I mean, this is the first team we've seen all year move the ball on this Browns defense. And I'll be honest, the worst thing that might have happened to the Colts yesterday was Deshaun Watson left the game. Because as soon as, soon as Deshaun Watson left the game,
0: the Browns offense found some life. Yeah, I thought PJ Walker looked good. <laughs> and and maybe this was Kevin Stefanski's way of saying, you know what? This is the guy that's been practicing with my ones for the past two plus weeks. And he gives my team a better chance to win. So even with Watson being cleared from concussion protocol, he said, why mess this thing up? Let me keep Walker in the game.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure if that's what it was or they were worried about his shoulder. And Stefanski said as much after he's like, I just didn't want him to take any more hits in this game. Um Hard I mean, to argue with results, point. though. You're right. But, you, I mean, you paid that guy a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and you don't pay him to hold a clipboard, I can tell you that. Uh, but either way, I mean, it's, it's a good win for the, the Colts, but, or for the Browns, but I, I think the Colts may have shown something, at least like some sort of weakness in this defense that no one else has been able to show so far.
0: Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give a pass on the, the one touchdown that came after the free play, that came on the free play. Because when Garrett jumped off sides, it seemed like Denzel Ward stopped. And it seemed like the secondary thought that the whistle was going to get blown for a dead play. And then it winds up being a free play and Gardner Minshew throws the long touchdown. So I'll give a pass on one of those scores. But you're right. I mean, the Colts having 456 yards of offense against this Browns defense, that, that is not what we expected to see.
1: Uh let's look at the Bills and Patriots game where the Speaking Bills of offense, shocking, Yeah, the Bills offense didn't show up at all until you know about five minutes ago in the fourth quarter. Uh and the Bills took a lead right under the two minute mark, uh, get a two point conversion, take a three point lead at a minute and fifty eight. And the Patriots go down and score a touchdown with 12 seconds left after they pick up a flag on a key play for an illegal man downfield where replay showed there was definitely an illegal man downfield and they said, you know what, we're going to pick this thing up. Uh, The the drive goes on and ends in a touchdown. But I mean, listen, the bills, this you shouldn't have put yourself in this situation to begin with. In my opinion, mm. like this was just such a poor showing from the bills whose offense continues to struggle. And honestly, the defense wasn't all that great yesterday either. We're starting to see, I I've said the dam is going to burst on this team. I don't know if it burst yesterday, but I think if they were playing any kind of offense with a pulse, it might've. Uh, and again, the offense got nothing going in the first half, especially three points in the first half. This is the third week in a row that the offense has just done nothing in the first part of this football game.
0: So how concerned are you with, with the bills now they are extremely, they look
1: like an average team right now. Uh I, I mean, they, they don't look like a, a contender. So, Um, you know, I, I don't know what the, what the get right solution is. I'm not sure if Josh Allen's hurt. I I don't know where they're at. Um, this would be an ideal time for a bye week but you know, that's, uh, that's not coming for a while. So, um, we'll, we'll see how they look next week against the bucks. And then they've got a, uh, they've, they've got a Sunday night football game at Cincinnati. That's going to be a real test for them. So, Um, it's, you got to figure it out on the fly, but right now, you know, the, the wins that they've got are fine. I mean, they they beat the Raiders, they beat the commanders on the road, they beat the giants in unimpressive fashion, but like losing to the Patriots, losing to the, you know, to the Jags, losing to the jets, even I'm not sure that these are losses that an elite team has particularly, you know, in the first half of the season to have that many losses to teams that you know, may or may not be playoff teams even.
0: So what did you make of, I mean, from a Patriots perspective, before the game when, you know, NFL Network's doing their, their reporting and, and everyone's getting ready for Sunday, we have a report coming out that the Patriots actually signed Bill Belichick to a contract extension this past offseason.
1: Have we, have now, this, have that we ever news, not heard that news? Like, I mean, have we ever not heard news like that be public? Like, it it feels a like seem- it's... A,
0: it just seems like it, seems like it was cal- a calculated move to release that information now uh, because Belichick's contracts have always been secretive. But to release that information now while the team is in the midst of turmoil and everyone's talking about Belichick getting fired. Well, now all of a sudden the NFL network is finding out Ian Rappaport that Bill Belichick signed an extension this offseason and he's not going anywhere. And then the Patriots turn in their best performance of the season. It's Just kind of interesting the timing of all this.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what what could have brought it on, but maybe Belichick was coaching a little freer. He I, I didn't look like it. He looked as salty as ever. No, I think maybe uh, it just but-
0: like like he like for the team for confidence wise. Like you know maybe maybe the, the, you know Belichick and the Patriots leak the information because they want their players to to not be concerned about the coaching situation. I mean, Mac Jones had his best game of the year.
1: He did and hit some explosive plays for like the first time ever. Mac Jones and you know what? We'll we'll take that to the next game where a quarterback hit explosive plays for the first time all season. Kenny Pickett uh, made some some big throws in the last of the three games that I'm going to talk about with wild officiating decisions, and this one may have been the most egregious. the The fact that on a fourth down, the the Steelers go for it at the end of the game on fourth down and look like they are stopped at the one. Uh, then they say, like, you, you see the replay on television, you say, yep, certainly didn't get it, so it should be Rams ball with two minutes and 13 seconds left to go uh, in the game. Instead, they call it a first down, and it's first and 10 at the Rams 38 instead of Rams ball first and 10, and the Steelers are able to kneel it out the fact that they didn't auto review it because there was two minutes and 13 seconds left instead of mm-hmm. two
0: minutes left. Uh, and, and the fact and that the, on the field, the, Ram, they just and the, Ram, said, the Rams couldn't challenge it because they were out of timeouts. But the fact that the officials just looked at it
1: when, I mean, on TV, it was so obvious that he was short and they were like, yep, looks good. Good enough. First down. I mean, that's, that's just fascinating to me. And the, the idea that somehow the play is, is less important with, two minutes and 13 seconds than it is with two minutes in the game is wild. Uh, but that, that was a, an unfortunate break for the Rams. And I don't, you know, the Rams offense wasn't clicking yesterday either. So it's not like a guarantee they were going to go down and, and win the game, but with Matt Stafford and, and that receiving core, you feel like you've got a shot and they never got that shot.
0: Mike Tomlin after the buy and the offense rejuvenated. <laughs> this is just, it's, uh, we talked about this on the Dream Pod. There's something about it. Mike Tomlin gets his guys up, and after the bye week, they come out and they play like this. They beat the Rams on the road. This is a good win. And the, the Steelers are four and two. Like the Steelers are in contention to win this division. They are now. The Remarkably, Ravens, the, the Ravens are off to and You know, the Ravens are. I mean, that was one of the more impressive performances. We might as well get into that game now. But uh, the, the Steelers are right in the thick of things in the AFC North, Baltimore 5-2, and, and then Pittsburgh and Cleveland both 4-2. Let's talk about that Ravens game, AJ, because that might have been the most surprising outcome of Week 7 Sunday, the demolishment of the Detroit Lions, a team that did not allow you know a 100-yard rusher, and then all of a sudden the Ravens run all over them. It seemed like they had no answer for Lamar running and then passing it at the last moment. Like Lamar would do a read option play, run before he got to the line of scrimmage, pass it to a wide-open receiver. More often than not, it was Mark Andrews.
1: Yeah, and, and there was one play where he had almost 10 seconds in the pocket, which is crazy mm-hmm. for an NFL game. And, of course, you're going to find someone open if you got 10 seconds where no one puts a hand on you. But, again, I think this is a lot like the, the Lions are in sort of the same boat the Dolphins are uh the lions have been beating up on mediocre to bad football teams for the last month and a, a good football team got put in front of them yesterday and they were not equipped to to slow them down and i again i i've been slow on the lions just like the dolphins i i wanted to see them in in more games against quality quality teams i did not like what i saw yesterday and again this is six points on offense, this is Jared Goff outdoors. This is Jared Goff when the, the, yeah. there's a slight breeze in the air. Uh, in that dome, boy, he is, he's something else. But you put him in the elements, I don't trust him. And, and this was a good example of a, a, a team with a ground-and-pound offense that was just able to, uh, to take advantage of this Lions team. And the Lions did not look like the physical team they looked like earlier in the season. This was, this was a real wake-up call for Detroit, I think.
0: First four drives for the Ravens all ended in touchdowns. They went 75 yards in 7 plays, 65 yards or excuse me 68 yards in 11 plays, 92 yards in 8 plays and 80 yards in 6 plays, 28 nothing. That's impressive. Well,
1: the good news is they get the Raiders at home next week on Monday Night Football. Uh, things should get back to normal for the Lions stomping out bad competition. So don't don't you worry, Lions fans. You're getting where, right back to it next week.
0: Where do you rank the Ravens in the AFC hierarchy right now? Uh, Kansas City. It, it feels like it feels like they've passed the Bills for sure. And the, yeah, uh, and the and Dolphins. The Dolphins. I mean, we
1: into, Think about. We went into this season assuming that the top teams were Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati's clearly not in that conversation right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think Buffalo's falling out of it. I think a lot of people thought Miami was getting into it, but I don't think they're there. I think Baltimore's the second best team in the AFC right now.
0: Yes, I think it's Kansas City, Baltimore, and then you could have a conversation about Miami. But I think it's Kansas City but, and Baltimore.
1: But let's also, let's I, I think let's also keep in mind, the Ravens have, I mean, this is the first impressive win that they've got. Uh, because you know, I guess they beat they beat Cleveland, but when they beat Cleveland, it was Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yep. You know, w- when they beat Joe Burrow, it, it wasn't the real Joe Burrow. It, it, it was so. This is the first win they've got against a good team with their starting quarterback at, at normal health. So I, I kind of want to just slow down a little bit on them too. I, 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 it's it's been impressive, and and the way they handled that game yesterday certainly let you know they're for real but it, it's these teams that have have played weak schedules are and, and in their case on the surface it doesn't look that weak because they played at Cincy and at Cleveland but again you played against compromised quarterbacks or third string quarterbacks yep it's not quite the same but Baltimore really woke me up yesterday that, that's a that's a good that's a good football team and and getting healthier uh while teams like the Bills are are doing the opposite uh, teams like Miami are doing the opposite. Uh, I, I think they're the, they're the second best team in that in that AFC right now.
0: And the next two games at the Cardinals, and then home to the Seahawks before they play the Browns for a second time. It, yeah, the
1: Ravens have played all yeah. three of their division road games already, they, so that's crazy. knocked out. Yeah, yep.
0: that's wild. And then yeah, and then. The schedule at the end of the year gets a little difficult. You know, they'll play at the 49ers. They'll play the Dolphins. They'll play the Steelers again. They're at the Jaguars. And you don't want to go to the, you don't want to go to Jacksonville in December, you know, getting out of the cold and then into the warm. It's always different, difficult, but uh, it's, it feels like this is a Ravens team that is going to be one of the top teams in the AFC when the season's over.
1: Well, let's talk about another team that another game where there was a, a stark difference in strength of schedule to date. And that was the Giants and the Commanders. And I thought it was wild that everybody was rushing to the window to bet commanders as, as road favorites, uh, against anyone, but the New York giants had played a, just a murderer's row of opponents so far. And yesterday the giants defense looked good. The The commanders could get nothing going on offense. Saquon Barkley didn't look like he was great, but he, mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he was certainly a factor again. And Tyrod Taylor, I said this, as long as Tyrod Taylor doesn't make a mistake, the Giants can win this game. Giants 14-7 winners over the Commanders. No mistakes for Tyrod.
0: He did not make a mistake. Darren Waller involved in the offense, which I think is arguably one of the things that was the biggest missing piece for the Giants this season was just the lack of getting Darren Waller significantly involved in the offense. I know against Miami he had a big game, but that was about it. You know, uh, he is such a weapon. You brought him in for a reason, and the Giants used him perfectly yesterday.
1: Yeah, he was, a, he was certainly a factor, and uh, the, the leading receiver for the Giants, a team that doesn't have a lot of wide receivers. And when you've got a backup quarterback in there, you're, you're going to lean on those tight ends like, for those quick routes, and he did a great job. And as long as he's healthy, he's certainly a weapon for that team.
0: Giants coming up now will take on the Jets. That's going to be a, a an interesting game, but then they're at the Raiders and then at the Cowboys before they play the commanders again on the road. Going to take a lot, still an uphill climb for this Giants team at two and five right now, but there are games. There are winnable games. I will say on the rest of their schedule where they could possibly get to be a nine win football team.
1: No, I, I don't think that's out of the uh, the realm of possibility. Uh, one team I don't think is going to win nine games, but you know, every win for them is a good one. The Chicago bears 30 Raiders 12. I I mean, I'm sorry. Like I, I, again, I'm not looking to replace Justin Fields necessarily, but Mm -hmm. is it, uh, is it irony that they, they throw out a D two rookie and suddenly they're winning football games. Our offense looks incredible.
0: Tyson Badgent, uh, 21 of 29 passing. Only 162 yards, but he threw a touchdown, no interceptions, rushed for 24 yards. And, yeah, the team just has confidence just playing with him. I I don't know. Maybe – and, again, I'm not questioning uh, Justin Fields' leadership. (laughs) I'm not questioning any of that. Uh, Some would call him quirky, not a leader of men. No, Uh, I'm just (laughs) saying the the team – the Bears looked good yesterday, and it was the short passing game. A lot of yards after the catch. They 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 had a really good game plan to handle the Raiders pass rush. And I, I just felt like, man, even if Justin Fields is healthy, like I got to roll with Tyson Badgett right now.
1: I, yeah. And I, well, the good news is I don't Well, I say the good news. The, the reality is that only Justin Fields is going to be healthy next week either. Yeah. So it looks like it looks like it will be uh bad going there. But I think what's crazy is they had such an effective run game and they were on their third string running back. Uh, obviously Herbert on IR Roshan Johnson, still not cleared with a concussion. So Deontay Foreman, 16 carries 89 yards and two touchdowns added another receiving touchdown. Huge day. Uh, for the running game for Chicago, which which really opened things up for them, and and you know what, they- it could have
0: been even worse. Like Badgent threw a dime to DJ Moore in the corner of the end zone that like it got knocked away at the last moment, but it was a perfect throw. It was right in the bread basket. It could have led to another touchdown. It, it, I was very impressed with this performance.
1: And I know McDaniel said he he mentioned after the game in his press conference that, you know, Aiden Aiden O'Connell this isn't the preseason anymore. People were asking why wasn't Aiden O'Connell playing? Brian Hoyer can't play in the NFL anymore. I agree. Like he he is dreadful and he he didn't give them a chance to win this game. I'm not going to say he cost them the game. I feel like the Bears were going to win whoever played, but he did not give them a chance to win this game. Uh, particularly with the late uh, interception that re- got returned for a touchdown, but he just doesn't look like he belongs on a field anymore. And you know, I know backup quarterbacks with experience are always ideal, but Brian Hoyer—it's been so long since he was effective. I think it's probably time to move on to the younger guy, start getting him those reps, and uh, maybe making a decision to to go forward with him instead of Hoyer because uh. Hoyer's not the answer.
0: Yeah, I just I don't understand it because when, you know, they knew that Garoppolo was out earlier in the month, it was O'Connell who got the start against the Chargers and yep. played really well. Like, you know, he threw he was 24, of 39, 238 yards like they were competent in that game. They lost 24, 17 uh, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, Khalil Mack having six sacks. But right. But. I just feel like, why wouldn't they go to O'Connell? I, I don't know. It just seemed like Brian Hoyer was never going to, the way that he looked early on in this game, it was, he's not he's not an NFL starting caliber quarterback. No way.
1: One of the most competitive games of the day, the Atlanta Falcons get a road win, 16-13 over Tampa Bay. Tampa ties the game. Congratulations,
0: Desmond Ritter. Congratulations. Your road
1: up. win. Look at that uh ties the game tampa bay does with 45 seconds left and atlanta goes down and kicks a 51 yard field goal as time expires to win the game 16-13 tough loss for the bucks the falcons uh listen they gave the bucks plenty of chances you know three turnovers and the bucks just could not take advantage the offense had a hard time getting going for them um the, the running game particularly had a hard time getting going baker mayfield made couple big throws but also missed a couple big throws it is, I think that's life with Baker Mayfield but Desmond Ritter not terrible and this was a game where Bijan Robinson just didn't see the ball they said after they said that he wasn't feeling good uh so Tyler Algier ends up with 21 carries you know d- decent day 60 yards not not a, not ideal uh but th- it was enough to get the job done against Tampa who just didn't have any offense yesterday
0: yeah, fantasy owners, including myself, not happy about the lack of reporting on Bijan <laughs> Robinson because he just never saw the field. And then he got in for a couple of plays here and there, but it was a no show performance. And then, yeah, they said, oh, maybe he was dealing with an illness. I don't know what the truth was uh, with that. I mean, the guy was walking around on the sidelines, and when he got in the game, he was running. So I, I don't know. There might be something more that. Gets uncovered as the week progresses. We'll find out, but that was a very interesting turn of events. And as far as uh, the Falcons' first half woes under Desmond Ritter, they finally covered a first half. They yep. were one-point dogs in the first half, and it ended 10-10.
1: Let's so go, te- Falcons. Technically, Congratulations.
0: Technically a cover, although if you you know the money line was a push, so Buck's money line in the first half was a push at 10-10.
1: Uh, the Cardinals continue their woes, 20 to 10 losers to Seattle, Josh Dobbs, 19 of 33, 146 yards, Gino with a ho-hum day, Kenneth Walker runs for over a hundred, Jackson Smith and Jigba gets his first touchdown. This was just Seattle's defense, not letting anything happen. And Arizona, I mean, their offense is, is pathetic. Um,
0: kind of felt like a the whole second half game.
1: woes. This you know, It wasn't a good game, but the second half was for Arizona continue zero points in the second half. So they they lost the second half again. They, they tend to do that every game. That's now six out of their seven games. They've lost the second half uh, ATS even. But yeah, they, when there's no run game without James Conner, this offense that was feisty early on is just useless. And Josh Dobbs in any kind of third and long situation is hopeless. And Seattle's defense might be better than we thought, I mean, we know they're good against the run. um, But I, I, even in, in passing downs, they were, they were pretty solid yesterday.
0: So the interesting stuff with the, the, the Cardinals is they're trying to make sure that Kyler Murray can play Or that he can pass a physical. There's a lot of weird uh, contract things with Kyler Murray. Basically, he has a $29.9 million salary in 2025 that becomes fully guaranteed in March if he can't pass a physical by then. So if he's healthy in March, that compensation is not guaranteed it's only guaranteed i assume it's put into place like oh if he misses a season he's hurt like he's gonna get that money on the back end whatever but it's a weird contract thing so do they want to play him and run the risk of him failing a physical and getting hurt and then having to pay him for 2025 or do they not play him and make sure that he's healthy, he passes the physical, and then they're only on the books for one more year with him.
1: I, I don't know what their plan is. It's, it feels like they're, they've got not much interest in winning right now, so I don't know how Kyler Murray fits into their long-term plans. I don't know if this coach is their long-term coach. I, I, putting, putting me in the mind of the Cardinals right now, is it's an impossible task. I, 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 if they bring him out and have him play this year, I'd be shocked. And the idea that they they put him on the the eligible to return list yeah was shocking to me because what I said at the beginning of the season, I was like when when the Cardinals are one in six, or one in five, or are they going to want to bring him back? What sense does that make? And they decided, yeah, we're going to go ahead and try to bring this guy back either way, which is it's really odd to me, so we' we'll find out he's either going to play or he's going to go on the season ending i r which is still a possibility like he's in that 21 day window, the clock is ticking. Yep. if he's not activated in those 21 days, it's the, he's done for the year. So that that may have been the plan all along. This may just be gamesmanship. I, I, again, I don't know about the contract stipulations. I don't know what I don't know what their game plan is for the long term with him.
0: Well, he's under contract through 2028, but the 160 million that's guaranteed for injury is the concern here. And remember last year the Raiders benched Derek Carr rather than exposing him to potentially $40 million in guaranteed <clears throat> money should he have gotten injured there at the end of the year. So maybe the Cardinals want to save some money here and not guarantee $30 million if Kyler Murray gets hurt again. So that that's something to monitor. Could be. Uh, Denver,
1: 19-17 to 17 winners over Green Bay in a battle of absolutely inept teams. Jordan Love throws a game-sealing interception, uh, and the Broncos get a two-point win here. I don't know how much there is to say about this, this game. These teams are both really bad. Uh, Green Bay, I think people are starting to realize just how bad they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver, I think people have known, but I, I think Green Bay really like shone a light on themselves yesterday. Like, hey, we're, we're one of the worst teams in the league, too, which is something – I mean, these two franchises – you go back the last 20 years, these are two of the most successful franchises in the NFL. And right now they're both bottom feeding
0: for green Bay, not to be able to do anything offensively against a defense in Denver. That is historically bad is yeah. absolutely embarrassing. Like, and and it's another game and this has been the MO for the Packers. Like they wait until the second half to get their scoring going. We saw it against the, in the comeback win against the saints. We've seen it time and time again, With this Packers team, I mean, even uh, their last game before the bye against the Raiders, same thing. You know, they don't score in the first half, and then they they try and rally in the second half. Um, The game against the Lions was uh, they didn't score in the first half. This is a team that does not score in the first half, and I, I think it's becoming clear that Jordan Love just isn't it
1: yeah and you know what when you look at his statistical day it wasn't awful he threw two touchdowns had a pick qbr of 77.6 which is his second highest of the season but 180 yards against the broncos like like they just weren't moving the ball very consistently and then like i said just the uh the 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 pick that that basically cost the any chance to come back i'm with you i don't think jordan love is the long-term answer um I, I think Green Bay is going to have to go back to the drawing board at quarterback.
0: Second lowest first half scoring in the NFL at 5.2 points per game. Only yeah. better than the New York football Giants, who yesterday scored their first offensive touchdown in the first half of the season. So Hey,
1: yeah. throw a party. Yes. Exactly. Uh, last game of the day was the, well, not the last day on the clock, but the last game for us to discuss was the Chargers at the Chiefs. Chiefs moved to 6-1 and one on the season. Hold Perfect. on,
0: AJ. Hold, hold, hold on, AJ. Patrick Mahomes just ran for another first down on a third and long.
1: Oh, uh, well, uh, yeah. hold on, he Scott. Ran, he just ran right hold by on. me. He just ran hold right on, by Scott. Me. The Chargers are playing prevent defense on third and nine again. I'm not sure why, but oh, they there, Mahomes continue just, to. There he goes.
0: Mahomes just ran by again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: the Chargers are the, the most baffling team. A team with as much talent as they have. Uh, continue to be incredibly poorly coached, specifically on defense for yep. a guy who's supposed to be a defensive guru. And for a and, team that
0: spent so much money over the years on defense. Oh my goodness. And,
1: and I'll be honest, man, like Justin Herbert is, and, and I, I know I'm like in the position to always defend him on this network and at our, at our work, but uh, Justin Herbert is not very good this year. Uh, he's, he does not look like the same guy of the last couple seasons and he doesn't look as confident. He he's making more mistake throws. This is, he's, he's starting to look like the, the down, like he's looking like a bad Josh Allen right now. Like, you know, the days where Josh Allen just doesn't take care of the football. That's what Justin Herbert looks like. Cause he can still chuck the ball a mile and, and all that stuff. But like, it's without all the upside, he's not playing with the upside. So we're not seeing him run the ball very much. We're not seeing him go down the field very much. He and Kellen Moore right now are not a mesh, Uh, but Justin Herbert, this is the second game in a row where I've said he he didn't do enough to win this game and you can blame whoever you want. And again, this was a game where I I think the defense was worse than the offense, Mm -hmm. but uh, multiple interceptions for Justin Herbert, just at, at times when you couldn't afford it. And one of them was batted up in the air, but, but, you know what, he got too many balls batted down at the line yesterday. Like he yep. he's gotta be better. Like the dude's like six foot twenty. How about throw it over these guys? Uh just a, a frustrating performance for the Chargers, who for most of the game, it looked like they were going to do what they always do and lose a game by a field goal. And uh finally they 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 end up getting blown out, of course, the day that I, I bet on them to cover. Uh they they lose thirty-one seventeen. Just and, and it was about the right score. I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes just had an incredible day against his defense, had his way. Travis Kelsey had his way. The, the Chargers didn't have any answers for them, but on the offensive side, they, they kept up for a while and then just shelled up, died.
0: I just don't understand how you know that Travis Kelsey is the number one receiving option on this team. And you're running a soft zone too deep safety look where you're allowing Kelsey to just sit in the middle of the field and catch ball after ball. after. He had 12 catches yesterday. Like, I I mean, and I understand Like, how do you game plan that? Well, they're thinking like, oh, well, we're just going to let as long as we're not getting beat deep, we're just going to let him get his stuff underneath. But that's how they keep moving the chains. It's just so stupid. I've never seen a defense so dumb. Well, and what's crazy is
1: like Patrick Mahomes. This is the the best game he's had against the Chargers, at least in the Staley era. Uh, I don't I don't know like what Staley had done previously to slow him down, but he just decided. Well, it doesn't matter now. We're we're just gonna let we're gonna let Kelsey eat us up with ten yard routes. And the, how many times Kelsey caught the ball? And then it took two seconds for somebody to get to him. Yeah, I don't. It's it's mind blowing to me. Like how there's not someone just glued to that dude all the time. Make anyone else on that team beat you. Literally any. If McCall Hardman beats you, you know, in his the first time he's been on the field hardly all year. Okay. If you know Marquez Valdez Scantling beats you. Okay, you accept it. You can't let Travis Kelsey beat you over and over and over. And the Chargers never adjusted. It was just a disgusting performance by their defense.
0: Yeah, it made no sense. Made absolutely no sense. And then as we joked about on third and long playing prevent and not just letting uh, just <laughs> letting Mahomes just run for first downs. It just didn't make any sense. So What's so crazy,
1: and this game was, this game was tied with, with like seven minutes to go in the second quarter. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is a good game. This is going to be a good game. And the Chiefs uh, went ahead right before the half, and it felt like it, there was only one touchdown scored. There was only one score in the entire second half. It was very late in the fourth quarter, but it felt like it felt like the Chargers hardly had the ball in the second half. Like they would get the ball, they'd they'd you know run. They might get one first down, and then they'd punt it, and. The Chiefs just had these long, drawn-out drives. And then I looked at the, the the time of possession. It was only like 32 minutes to 28. It just felt like the the Chiefs converted every third down. It felt like it, it, the Chargers couldn't convert any. And, um, you, I mean, you mentioned it. They, they, they converted another third and long. Six of 11 uh, on the day on third down for Patrick Mahomes. Just an, a fantastic day for him.
0: Well, if you are keeping score at home... Uh, Travis Kelsey had um, 179 yards yesterday, and now with Taylor Swift in attendance, he is averaging over 100 yards per game, (laughs) and when she is not in attendance, 46.5 yards per game. Is that
1: on pro football reference? Is that what the splits say?
0: There's going to be, yeah, new categories. So when Taylor Swift (laughs) is at the game doing doing celebratory made-up handshakes with Brittany Mahomes, Bet the over on Travis Kelsey receiving yards.
1: Yeah, you have to. I mean, and she's been at more games than not now. What a good girlfriend.
0: Monday Night Football will wrap up week seven tonight with the 49ers at the Vikings. San Francisco laying just under a touchdown at six and a half up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Total of 43. And it looks like Christian McCaffrey likely to play in this game, AJ.
1: Yeah, he's been trending that way, and uh, I, I think that you know the line moving to seven kind of kind of says as much that he's going to be out there. So um, if he's out there, we know Debo Samuel will not be out there. Mm-hmm. But it, boy, it, it's it's hard to it, it's hard to find a way to want to back the Vikings here. But I mean, you are getting a touchdown. You know, it, it, it's Monday Night Football. There's the, the the Niners are dealing with some injuries. But I, I always worry about a blitz-heavy defense against Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy seems to just eat this stuff up. Mm-hmm. And I, I expect he's going to, you know, continue to do so. Although I will say, I I believe this Viking squad is pretty decent. Uh, better than their record suggests, certainly. The defense, it, like everyone was crapping on it early. I think it's starting to figure things out a little bit. I, I don't think they're good, but given what we've seen out of uh the 49ers recently like maybe their offense is slowing down slightly um but it's it's hard to this this is a tough game to bet on in my opinion i think there's a wide variety of outcomes here uh i could i could see the niners just absolutely blowing them out of the water but i could also mm-hmm. see this vikings team maybe being a little undervalued
0: yeah, I, I would be concerned with Christian McCaffrey's usage. Uh, I think maybe this is when his touchdown streak might come to an end, because if he does play, I don't know how much he's going to play. Why run the risk of further injury? Uh, he's got that tear in his oblique, and it's, I know it's a pain tolerance issue, but like, what if he gets hit the wrong way or twists the wrong way? I feel like if the Niners take a lead in this game, you're not going to see a lot of Christian McCaffrey at all. So no, I,
1: I think you're if right. They're think... trailing
0: if they're trailing and they're trying to get back in the game. Then, yeah, all hands I, on deck. Yeah, he'll be there and he'll catch those dink and dunk passes and he'll run for, you know, 10 yards after the catch. But I think if the Niners can take a lead in the first half, we will not see a lot of Christian McCaffrey. I would go McCaffrey unders if they're available. But the other guy that I would focus on is Brandon Ayuk because he, he was always a favorite target of Brock Purdy. And without Debo Samuel in the game, I think Iuk and George Kittle are guys that are gonna benefit.
1: Yeah, George Kittle's the guy I would look at. Uh, George Kittle when when the Niners get blitzed, that's who that's who we've seen Brock Purdy uh, bring like focus on. And uh and our boys at DraftKings, uh DraftKings.com, you can get George Kittle over three and a half receptions. That'd be my best bet for this for this game. I, I think George Kittle plays a, a major part in the offense. Like you said, with Debo out, you know there's gonna be blitzes. Uh, he, he does a great job against the blitz. He does a, he, he always finds himself open against the blitz and Kittle's a guy who I feel like people could, I, I mean, I'm in a fantasy league where George Kittle's sitting on the waiver. Like he's sitting on the free agent list. Like, so George Kittle's not thought well, of as he, like, he, this... only,
0: he only had one game. It was the, the game against the Cowboys that to the rest of the yeah. season, he's done nothing. Well, I guess I he, think had, the market he had a, he had a lot of, of yardage against the giants, but that's about, it. he hasn't scored a touchdown outside that Cowboys game.
1: The market doesn't think of him as a a top-tier option at that position anymore, but particularly in these matchups where there's going to be a blitz-heavy defense, I think he's going to play a major role. So uh, I'll take George Kittle over three-and-a-half receptions there at DraftKings.
0: I like that. Why don't we – let's see if we can build the same game parlay for tonight. So let's start with the Kittle, and we'll do – would you say over three-and-a-half?
1: Over three-and-a-half receptions.
0: All right, I'll pull that up right now. So we'll go to the game tonight. We'll go uh, same game parlay tab up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And we'll start with the receiving props. And we'll go George Kittle over three and a half receptions. All right. The next one I'm going to look at is Brandon Ayuk. How about Brandon Ayuk over four and a half receptions?
1: That works.
0: Okay. And those two plays are plus 174. Let's go. Do you think? that they'll allow us to do Brock Purdy completions, or is that too correlated? Might be too correlated. Uh, Brock Purdy, how about Brock Purdy pass attempts over 27 and a half pass attempts?
1: And that that leads back to Christian McCaffrey not being as much of a factor in the game. Let's go that. Let's go those three things for our parlay.
0: That's plus 258. Works for me. Okay, now if we want to add one more to make it a little more uh, intense. Plus eight's good. It's good. <laughs> it is good. But how about we do uh, anything on the Vikings side? I mean, I could always go for Hawkinson. But, uh, I mean, the 49ers defense, I don't know. Um, I think maybe we do 49ers. We, do we lay the points of the 49ers?
1: Uh, how about the 49ers just to win?
0: Okay. Now we're looking at plus 465.
1: Let's roll with that. Right, if you so want to kid- go for the big shot. I, right. I, like this, I like the plus 258, but if you want to roll for the big shot, that's the way to go, I think. All
0: right, so Purdy over pass attempts, Ayuk over receptions, Kittle over receptions, and 49ers money line. That's plus
2: 465. I'll do that. I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is The fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got, like, uh, celery chopped up. And let's forget about them, because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1. And all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with pick six? You're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at Drive Kings Pick Six. The crown is yours. Gambling problem.
0: We will have a Game 7 tonight, AJ. The Texas Rangers beating the Astros in Houston 9-2 to even up the ALCS at three games apiece. And here's a fun fact. The road team has won every game this (laughs) series. And so we have Game 7 tonight in Houston. We'll get to the lines and the matchups on the mound for Game 7 tonight, but first... When you looked at last night's performance, what jumped out to you about the Rangers' offensive explosion? I know five runs came in the ninth inning, so hard to kind of say that that was really the big difference in the game. I mean, they were winning going into the ninth.
1: Yeah, they were winning going into the ninth. The five, the five runs was was gravy. Uh, uh, this game could have easily just finished three to two. But, um, no, the, the the Rangers attacking pitches early and taking advantage of mistakes. And when, when Jonah Heim came up and – uh, hit his two run homer with one on. It was after a walk. Like it was just, you know, they 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 Which, punished. By you. the way,
0: that home run would have been a home run in only two ballparks in Major League Baseball.
1: One minute made in Yankee Stadium.
0: One was last night. The other one is Yankee Stadium. Yep. So it's yeah, not exactly so, like uh, it's not exactly like Framberg gave up some monster hit there.
1: No, and it's funny. I I thought I thought Kyle Tucker was going to catch that ball, and he went up and I, he came down with it. And I said, Oh, he got it. And then nope saw a fan holding the ball up. And yep. what's, what's, what's really crazy is late in the game, another ball gets hit to the exact same spot. And, of course, then when the game's out of reach, Tucker makes the play. Uh, but you mentioned Adoles Garcia, you know, and a grand slam in the ninth inning, his only hit of the night. He was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. The crowd booed him every time he came to the plate. And in the big spot, he, uh, he blew up. Uh, on the Astros pitching uh, against uh, Ryan Stanek, took him yard, and it was a no-doubter. Uh, this one would have been out of, I want to say, every ballpark uh, as far <laughs> as he hit that ball. But, yeah, the, the Astros, the, the bullpen was not totally sharp, uh, particularly late. Montero was was not good. Uh, but, again, like you said, the three runs they got off of, of Valdez, uh, off of Fromber would, would have been enough. Uh, the, the Astros' bats, after a quick start, just uh just died down and uh couldn't really piece anything together Jordan continues to be a monster Altuve continues to be a monster and Jose Abreu the other guy that's the only guys that's the only three guys in the lineup who got hits and there was a a situation late in the game bases loaded and Jeremy Peña came up and they pinch hit for him thankfully because the guy who was the ALCS MVP and the World Series MVP just can't hit the ball right now but they decide to go with Jonathan Singleton in this spot instead of Yiner Diaz or Chaz McCormick, two guys who really, you know, exploded during the regular season. Uh, neither have been great in the playoffs, but neither is Jonathan Singleton. And Jonathan Singleton, a good at bat, got to a full count, fouled off a pitch, but then eventually struck out and left everybody stranded in a big spot in the eighth. Uh, with a chance to get back into it. But I thought it was a curious decision to use Jonathan Singleton as your pinch hitter there instead of Yiner Diaz, instead of Chaz McCormick, guys who you've counted on all season.
0: Yeah, I thought it was going to be Diaz, especially with his pop, uh, you know, put one out of the ballpark. But, yeah, they go to Singleton, and and he comes up short after uh, an eight-pitch at bat there. And then, of course, we and you know what the Rangers did in the ninth.
1: Let's give credit again to to Nady because I mean, you talk about a guy who's turned himself into a big time performer in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, he it, it's funny in the regular season he's generally kind of just a guy, uh, but this is he's he's making a career out of his playoff performances, and this was this was another strong one. It wasn't like dominant like some of the other ones he's had, but it was pretty damn good, and uh, it, it was it was good enough to to get the Rangers a win. So and and Boy, the set up this game seven. Which is fascinating to me. Blown
0: save away from this series being over. I mean, think about it. They don't blow the save in game five like this series is over. (laughs) So uh, there'll be a game seven tonight. Max Scherzer will get the ball for the Rangers. Christian Javier for the Astros. Obviously, all hands are on deck in a game seven. The Astros minus 125 favorites with a total of nine tonight. And the last time we saw Max Scherzer, AJ, he got sharked. He got rocked. Yeah, what's, for five runs?
1: What's the leash on him tonight? I, I mean, it's obviously not going to be as long as it was in in Game Three when they had a two zero lead. Now, now that it's three three, you're probably a little more uh, a little more apt to go out and get him after a, a bad inning. Like if if he just has the inning that he had in the second inning last outing, I could see I could see Bochy going out and getting him right.
0: A hundred percent. I think it'll be a short leash. putting
1: putting it in the hands of Dane Dunning is what it looks like. That I'm guessing that's who the next option is for them. Uh, obviously, you want you get Scherzer for a reason. You want to see what you've got. Like you want to see if uh, if if he's got anything in in the tank. And if he does, if he if he gives you a vintage performance, then awesome. But if not, you've got to have a backup plan ready to go because you, you can't let you can't let this turn into Game Three where the game was over. But you know, by the time he left,
0: yeah, I would expect John Gray to get some run here. I I think yeah, I think you've got to go to the bullpen early. I don't see Scherzer. It's it's it, could, it. I think it's just going to be like Game Three. It's it's he's either going to get rocked early, or he's going to go five shutout, or he's going to go five or six shutout innings. You know, like there's not going to be a middle ground. He's not going to go five and two thirds allowing two runs. He's either going to go six and two thirds shutout baseball with eleven strikeouts, or he's going two and a third allowing five runs and he's getting rocked. No yeah. middle
1: ground. And the for Astros sure tonight. Astros going to send Christian Javier to the mound, who has arguably been their most consistent pitcher in the playoffs. Uh, you've got to feel good, I guess. I mean, the the only I, you maybe feel better throwing Justin Verlander out that day, but for the most part, the Astros have to be excited about how they're set up here.
0: Yeah, of course. And Javier's looked great in the postseason. We saw him against Texas, five and two-thirds of three-hit ball, allowing two runs on a home run. Uh, and then against Minnesota when he had the nine strikeouts and five shutout innings. So, yeah, they trust Christian Javier. And like we said about the Rangers, the bullpen will be available. Everyone will be available in this game uh, to try and close this thing out. Um, I, I, I thought the Astros were going to close it out last night. I didn't really like betting against Nate Uvalde, so I stayed away from the game. But I think I'll be on the Astros tonight in Game 7.
1: Astros looking at about a minus one thirty uh, favorite in this spot. I, I'm with you. I, I think they end up they end up taking this thing. But the home road splits are fascinating. The idea that the 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 home team has lost every game in yep. this series so far is wild. Uh, but I right now it's as as much as the name brand would lead you to say, well, you trust Max Scherzer? I just don't right now. And mm-hmm. Christian Javier, who doesn't have that brand name. I know what he's been doing. Uh, He's he's been a solid pitcher for this team, the most consistent pitcher arguably for this team. Uh, That's the guy that I trust right now more than Max Scherzer.
0: Well, speaking of trust, we trust the crowd in Philadelphia—one of the great home atmospheres in all of Major League Baseball, especially this postseason. Will host Game Six tonight of the NLCS with the Phillies looking to close it out and get back to the World Series for a second consecutive season. And you and I talked—I mean, we said it was going to be a World Series rematch when the when the postseason began, and we yeah. are—we uh, could. Wrap that up tonight. We can wrap up a World Series rematch. Aaron Nola gets the ball for the Phillies. He is three and zero this postseason with a zero point nine six ERA. Unreal. And Merrill Kelly will go for the Diamondbacks.
1: Yeah, you talk about guys you trust. Right now, you trust Aaron Nola more than just about anybody. Um, and you know, I, I know the Phillies' offense is, is capable of exploding at any point. Merrill Kelly's really good, but it, it's hard for me to uh, to trust anybody more than I trust Aaron Nola at
0: this point. Okay, best bet on tonight's game. It's heavily juiced. First off, Philly's money line. So let's just get that out of the way. Philly's winning tonight. Okay, Can we, can we agree on that? I agree. All right. We're going to agree on Philly's winning tonight. Now I'm going to look at Merrill Kelly under 15 and a half outs. Merrill Kelly will get pulled early in this game. It is do or die for the Diamondbacks. They will go into the bullpen early at any sign of trouble. So I don't think Merrill Kelly lasts long in this game. I think he's tagged for three runs early, let's say, and he exits this game before recording 15 outs. So Merrill Kelly under 15 and a half outs. It's minus 180 up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So take a look at that. Merrill Kelly under 15 and a half outs.
1: Taking a look at college football as we continue to whittle down the unbeatens, and I believe we're down to seven, no, eight unbeaten teams now. Uh, we're at we're number a week one
0: away, AJ, from the first college football playoff rankings.
1: Yeah, we're getting close, man. One through six in the AP poll, all unbeaten. Georgia, one, Michigan, two, Ohio State, three, Florida State, four, Washington, five, Oklahoma, six. Then you drop all the way down to number 19, you find Air Force at seven and oh, and at number 25. You find 7-0 James Madison. So those are your unbeatens in college football right now. Teams you saw uh, make a move this week. Obviously, Penn State drops all the way down to number 10 after their loss. North Carolina with a big drop. They fell from the ranks of the unbeaten, and they fall to number 17 in the rankings. And USC all the way down to number 24 after their loss, so uh, those are some teams who we will not be seeing in the college football playoff. That's really what we're whittling down right now is who's got a chance to make it to the college football playoff. Uh, One of those teams that still has a chance despite having a loss, the University of Texas, although they will have to win some games without their starting quarterback, Quinn Ewers has a sprained AC joint in his shoulder, his right shoulder, Uh, so they say he will miss some time although they say the timetable won't be out until later on this week. He got hit on a play uh, against Houston, and Malik Murphy came into the job. Redshirt freshman Malik Murphy, who is like 6'5", 240. he's a,
0: he's unbelievable.
1: An <laughs> absolute tank uh, came in the game and uh, ended up holding on for the win, though it was a, a very close win against Houston. But Arch Manning will be the backup quarterback if needed. Right now, I mean, Arch would be – he'd be – uh, able to be red shirted he hasn't been on the field yet this year but obviously uh, with Ewers out that changes everything um, and Ewers who suffered a, a you know a similar injury although I think it was the SC joint instead of the AC joint last season uh, missed three games with that shoulder injury then returned just in time to beat Oklahoma uh, so we'll see how long Quinn Ewers is out but this probably kills his Heisman campaign any any chance that he had left and that Heisman picture got a lot more open over this weekend. Caleb Williams, I think, is officially now out of any sort of Heisman campaign. And Michael Penix had one of his worst games of the season, mm-hmm. albeit in a win. It was, it was not a comfortable win against Arizona State, and he did not play well. It's wide open at this point. I, I'm not your sure. Favorite it, J.J. Right McCarthy now, is now. Oh, he's now a
0: favorite. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy is your favorite up on the DraftKings Sportsbook at 240. And, uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel sitting there at 10 to one, your fourth favorite behind Jaden Daniels and Jordan Travis. I think if Oklahoma keeps winning, I know it was not a an attractive performance, uh, you know, this Saturday when they barely got by uh, his former school in UCF. Yeah, but they're undefeated and undefeated matters. And if they continue to win football games and finish their season undefeated and win the Big 12, Dylan Gabriel might get some votes here.
1: You know who I, I think you can say the same thing for Jordan Travis. Yes. Uh, who has a win over LSU and Jaden Daniels, who's also on that list and looking forward at their schedule, you know, Wake Forest, Pitt, Miami, North Alabama and Florida. There's a lot of wins left on this Florida state team. And Jordan Travis, it, like he, the numbers aren't wowing necessarily, but you know, he's a big part of, of what they're doing there. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes playing pretty good football. He may be in that conversation as well. So uh, if J.J. McCarthy's in the conversation for being unbeaten, I think both the guys that we just mentioned are certainly going to be there as well.
0: Just two games on the NHL slate yesterday. The Red Wings improved to 5-1 and one on the early season with a 6-2 win over the Flames, and the Bruins remain undefeated at 5-0 with a 3-1 win over the Ducks. If you are keeping standings at home, we have two uh, three, excuse me, undefeated teams in the NHL. We have the 5 and 0 Boston Bruins. We have the 5 and 0 Colorado Avalanche and the 6 and 0 Vegas Golden Nights.
1: Unstoppable force, as you
0: know. (laughs) Uh, let's take a look before we get into the games for tonight. Update you on some news. Uh, Connor McDavid is expected to be out about one to two weeks as he's dealing with an upper body injury. That's what the Oilers announced yesterday. So McDavid likely out uh probably two weeks uh dealing with that injury. So let's take a look at the schedule for this Monday evening end. There's only one game to worry about. It is the Canadiens at the Sabres where Buffalo is a minus 190 favorite. Now, Buffalo was a team that I was on on Saturday when they were hosting the Islanders. It was just a great spot for them. Uh, having the Islanders come into Buffalo on the second of a back-to-back. Not quite the advantage they'll have here over the Canadiens. The Canadiens didn't play yesterday, so it's not the second of a back-to-back for them. Uh, It'll be Devin Levi likely in net for the Buffalo Sabres and Sam Maltembrough in net for the Montreal Canadiens. Again, Buffalo, the big favorite tonight over the Canadiens. Just one game on your NHL schedule. My NHL package is still available on pregame.com for I guess a little bit longer. We're running that special, the early all access season special. So it's like the early bird discount right now. It's up on pregame.com for $349. But if you use the promo code shot 50, you can save $50 on my NHL season, all access. And what that gets you is every single NHL play, that I give out for the entire season, which will be well over 200, maybe 300 plays by the time the season's all said and done. So just think about that. Like there'll be over 300 plays that you'll get and you could pay basically like a dollar a play because you'll get mm. it for 2.99 if you use the promo code SHOT50. 13 and 7 to start the NHL season uh, up 9.8 units. So profitable start to the NHL season as we look to keep rolling here. Just one game on the schedule tonight. Not Probably not going to force anything, but uh, we will keep rolling throughout the entire season. Again, Shot 50 is the promo code. AJ, before we go, the V Parlay, it hit on Saturday. Unbelievable! How much did you lit- put down on it? Zero. Um, oh. I asked you guys if you wanted to go, <laughs> you know, $5 each. It was 15 bucks to win $350. And I said, you guys want to do it? Five bucks each. We'll get a nice dinner when we hit. And both you and Mackenzie said, no, thank you. So I didn't want to be out on an island and do like, you know, just like a $5 parlay myself. So, you know, I was just like, whatever. I, I didn't do it. And uh, it turns out every fighter on the card, in what was it? It was in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, yeah. Every fighter in Abu Dhabi whose last name ended in a V wound up winning their match.
1: Although it ended up being a little less of a payout than it would have been because one of those had a no one contest. Of those... Correct. So um, yes. um, our boy Uncle Iev, which was my best bet over uh, over one and a half rounds, ends up in a no contest on a basically what it what boiled down to a uh, a language barrier situation. The doctor came in and asked Johnny Walker, who's a Brazilian. Uh, what country he was in, and he said the desert, and uh, huh. the, the the doctor decided to stop the fight and <laughs> said that was call enough. It,
0: but didn't they call it like an? They called it a foul or an accidental they, foul? An
1: accidental foul, which they, like when the fight stopped on an accidental foul, it becomes a no contest. If it's an intentional foul, it's a disqualification. Gotcha. They call gotcha, it an accidental gotcha. foul, so it's a no contest. One of two no contests. Uh, it's, it, I had three bets on those two fights. All three bets canceled. Uh, on those on those uh strange situations, one guy got hit in the balls so hard that he couldn't continue. Oh my uh, goodness! And the doctor came in and said it wasn't on your balls. And the guy was like, "No, I'm now." Of course, he had to go to the hospital, and he it was definitely on his balls. But the ringside doctor was like, "No, I saw the video. It didn't hit you in the balls."
0: And the guy's like, literally
1: <laughs> writhing in pain on the yeah. ground.
0: Uh, but the doctor knows best, obviously. Yes, of course. Well, we had Magomedov win. We had Naimov win. That we was had, the upset. That was the upset. Mohamed Naimov defeated Nathaniel Wood by unanimous decision. And then uh, Mikhaev defeated Tim Elliott. We had Magomedov defeat uh, Gurovov. So that was like a lose-lose si- situation because they uh, both yeah, ended in a double a. B. But we yeah. took the but we said take the favorite in that yep. the favorite V. And then Uncle Iev was the no contest. Uh Chimaev defeated Uzman. Man, what happened to Kamaru Uzman? He is not like can we go back like five years and just remember what he was? Well, he's
1: a 36-year-old dude and he was fighting yeah. a, a young, hungry wolf. And Shemaev, I think, broke his hand uh, in the first round of that fight, which was most most people thought was a 10-8 fight. He almost finished. Usman in the first round, and then had to fight the last two rounds with a broken hand. It Ended up being a much closer fight than it, than it started out as. Uh, but yeah, Usman, it's th- three consecutive losses
0: for him. That is just man. I mean, you go back to the the Colby Covington decision, and uh, it, boy, it seems like that win over Masvidal was forever ago, right? Yep. Like that was and, my goodness.
1: And then in the main event, Islam Makashev with a head kick knockout of Alex Volkanovski. First time Volks brutal. First time Volks been knocked out. In eleven years, uh, and you know he he admitted this probably wasn't a fight I should have taken on short notice, and uh, he he paid dearly for it.
0: Yeah, the, the, the strikes after he got knocked back into the cage, and yep. that was just man, that was brutal, brutal. So uh, yeah, the V parlay would have won less of a payout though. But still, we're gonna look for more fun opportunities to uh, <laughs> burn money coming up on the next card. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sadenberg. we are straight out of Vegas. AM.